Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What does our world think? about the truths of the Bible today. Do you think they agree with this? No. As you watch our world, it's worse and worse and worse. Who's behind that? Satan. He hates the Word of God. Why? Because it's living. It changes people. This is truth. This is God's mind to us. And I don't mean to be crash, but you need to understand. Remember, we're not supposed to be squeezed into the system of the world, right? We're about to be transformed into the mind of Christ. There have always been ups and downs in regards to the world's hostility toward God. It has always been quite open and accepting to religion and religious behavior. But when devotion to the true God is mentioned, resistance appears. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Paul's experiences of introducing the gospel to Jews and Gentiles and how that relates to your own attempts to do the same. You'll learn that the response of people you know won't be any different than people's response to Jesus himself. But it's important that they know how they can escape God's judgment. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 as he begins his message, Transformed Christ Followers Impact Their World for Christ. You can turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. We'll show you where that is so you don't have to search. It's in the New Testament, about two-thirds back. You really need to get there because we're doing verses 6 through 10 right there. You can follow us right in the Word of God. So I encourage you to do that as well. Now, as all of you uh, are looking at me, you want to like, what the heck's with your nose? You think something's different or what's the deal here? course. This week, I had a little surgery. I had a little basal cell cancer. It's all gone. Everything's taken care of. I'm fine, except for the six stitches right on the cartilage and the five stitches inside. But ever, other than that, I'm doing just great. <laughs> so you're going to have to look at it this week, whatever. All right. <laughs> Thank the Lord. All right. I'm going to share with you something. I came across this two weeks ago. and I said, this fits perfect. There is no shortage of information in our world. Every single year in the United States, between 600,000 and 1 million books are published. Think about that information. Now, here is what really shocks us. Before the end of World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. Before that, every 100 years. Look at now. Knowledge is doubling every 12 months. Information that comes to us. Soon... Every 12 hours, information is going to be doubling. Think of that. Think of the masses of information that's going to take place. Well, when you hear the word information, sometimes we go, well, that's 
really what life's all about. It's just information. No, it isn't. So let me share this with you. Over the last few months, I did a lot of research. Uh, my eye doctor said it's about time to have cataract surgery. So I did a lot of, re- you know, I have a medical background. So I did a lot of research in cataract surgery. I, I read all kinds of articles on the internet, talked to people filled with information that was coming out of my ears. And I studied all the different types of intraocular lenses for my eyes. I got the information of cataract surgery, should I have somebody do it in a manual way or use a laser? I discovered that it takes like five to seven minutes to take the eye. They didn't really tell you up front too much. You have three of these crazy eye drops that you have to do, and you do them three times a day. One of them is an antibiotic. You do that for a week, and then the other two you do for a full 28 days. So my wife and I are just doing this all day long, just having fun. But I want to ask you something right now. What if I gathered all that information? It took me forever to make the decisions. And then I never had the cataract surgery. <laughs> what would you call me? You, you can say it. El Stupido. <laughs> I spent all that time gathering all that information, and I did absolutely nothing. Well, how good with my eye that you think it, it will get better, though, the cataract, right? Just with times, it gets better, right? Oh, you know that, huh? So I go to the doctor and say, he says, I thought you were coming in. No, I know my eyes are going to get better by itself. Well, you know what I did last week? On Tuesday, I had a cataract surgery. And you know what happened? It transformed my eye. I can see you now, baby. (laughs) Woo, I can see you. In two weeks, I'll have the other eye. Watch out. It also has a timer. Those of you who come late, oh, I got you right here, baby. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. So what I'm trying to say to you, you say, that sounds stupid. No, here's what I want you to write down. First thing, information without application doesn't produce transformation. If I gather all that information about the cataract, but I don't have the surgery, I don't apply it, How would I ever expect to see better? It isn't going to happen. There'd be no transformation at all in my eye. This principle is the same in the church world. Transformation. We can know the truth of the Bible, all the information, but unless we apply the truth in the Bible in our lives, there will be no transformation. Application of the information, the truth makes all the difference. See, many people come to church and they hear sermons and they get information. It's a good thing. But if you don't apply it to your life, you will never change. You just keep gathering more information. It has to go down to the heart and then it has to change in our lives. Now, understand, Paul, he knew this truth right to the core. Look at it, Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you, notice, not just better eyesight, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
Paul was teaching these brand new baby Christians in the church of Thessalonica. And he was trying to say to them, the knowledge that I'm giving you, the sermons I'm giving you, you can't just let them watch. Go over, say to Paul when he left, that was a really nice sermon, Apostle Paul. That was really good. And you come back later and there's no change in the people at all. He said, no, no, no. That knowledge, you have to think differently. What we think, we become. So we have to take the scripture that's being given to you. That's why I work very hard at giving application to you. So when you walk out the door, you don't say, wow, a lot of great information. That was wonderful. If you do nothing with it, actually, to be very honest, it's a waste of our time. It's a waste of our time. So these new believers were doing exactly the opposite. They were applying the scripture. They were growing. They were being transformed. Everyday life, spiritual transformation was taking place. Now remember, Paul's in Corinth, hundreds of miles away. But Timothy had come back to the church, so he says, Paul, you can't believe these people. They just, they, they got that information, they're putting it into their lives, and they're totally changed. Now, here's what you have to understand. Spiritual transformation, we're not talking about my eyes anymore, forget it. Spiritual transformation, the ongoing process of being changed from the inside out. We will never be perfect, but there needs to be a growth in the transformation. Now, when you see that, notice it's an ongoing process. It isn't an event. It isn't hearing one passage of scripture, and we've got it. Now, here's, some of you might say, well, what is that transformation? Look at what's supposed to be happening in my life. Well, that's like 50 sermons. But here's the simple principle about it. Our role model is Jesus. We'll never be perfect like Jesus. But here's the role model. Write it down. Spiritual transformation. Here's my goal. To think like Jesus. If I'm going to think like Jesus, I have to read the Bible because that's God's mind. To minister like Jesus. As I'm reading through the scriptures, it will tell me what Jesus did. He went to seek and save the lost. And to be like Jesus, the character of Jesus. That's what you're trying to do. Now, we'll never arrive at all of those. We'll never be perfect in any of those. But there should be a transformation that's moving forward. Now, Paul begins, and he's congratulating this brand new church. Remember, there was no buildings, just home group or whatever, paces like that. Look at verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Paul said this, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Now think about that. What Paul was saying was this. Our message, the gospel, and that's because the good news had changed the lives of not only Paul, but all of you. Let's just say you're the church of Thessalonica. God's gospel, when it came to you, you believed it. It changed you. You were still in that process of change. Now, notice Paul said the gospel. How do you define the gospel? Well, two words we kind of talk about. The gospel is good news. Now, 
We all love to watch the news over and over again, 24-7, because it's just filled with good news. Can you say, like, oh, me? Exactly. No, but you don't want to complicate it so much. Listen, someone asked C.H. Spurgeon, a great Bible scholar and pastor and teacher back in the century before, somebody said to Spurgeon, and by the way, if you ever read Sermon's books, uh, and he has sermon books, they're pages and pages and pages and pages long. They're great. He's a guy with so many words. But here's what Spurgeon said. My definition of the gospel, Christ died for me. That's pretty good, isn't it? Would you just turn to your neighbor? See, you're learning something. Turn to your neighbor and say, Christ died for me. Come on, go ahead. Come on. Christ died for me. Now, when you see a person that's lost and they say, why are you a Christian? Come on. Christ died for me. Well, why did he die for you? Because I was a sinner. And you are too. No, you don't do it like that. Do you understand how simple that is? But look what Paul did, because you need to study this. The gospel is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Look how Paul writes it. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Look, Paul says it this way. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the what? Gospel. I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken a stand. Now, notice what he's saying. He knows the people received the message. You got to ask God to forgive you. Then you can be forgiven. You got to believe the word, the gospel. You got to apply the word, ask to be forgiven, repent, whatever. And notice what? You've taken your stand. I'm born again. I'm following Jesus Christ. So he's saying to them, way to go. I just didn't preach it to you. And you went, nice sermon, Paul. No, that changed their lives. Now look what he says here. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. See, that's true. Many people say the sinner's prayer, but there's never any transformation. Jesus said to them in Matthew chapter 7, they said, we did all these things. We did all these great things for people. And Jesus said, well, that's fine, but depart from me. I never had a personal relationship with you. You just had an event. There was no transformation in your life at all. Whoop, right over your head. Now, notice then what he says. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Here's the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried he was raised on the third day. How? According to the scriptures. Now think about this. What does our world think about the truths of the Bible today? Do you think they agree with this? No. As you watch our world, it's worse and worse and worse. Who's behind that? Satan. He hates the word of God. Why? Because it's living. It changes people. This is truth. This is God's mind to us. And I don't mean to be crash, but you need to understand. Remember, we're not supposed to be squeezed into the system of the world, right? When you're about to be transformed into the mind of Christ. You probably know, I know you know what happened in New York in the last week or so in the, with the Supreme Court, but maybe you don't know. There's now seven states in the United States. It's legal for a mother to abort her baby the moment it comes out of the birth canal. 
The baby comes out and the mother says, don't want the baby killed right there. Now, where did that come? Did that come from the word of God? No, that came from the satanic mind of Satan himself. You would never believe that would happen. It's here. Is it going to get better? No. So we have to go back to the truth. That's why Paul says, Jesus came, died, buried, resurrected. What did he say? According to the what? Scriptures. That's why we teach the Bible. It is going to get worse and worse and worse. Relax. We already won the war. Remember? Chains are falling. Chains are falling. There's going to be freedom. But it's going to be tough as we move through. Now, notice what Paul said in that verse. Paul said he, when he preached the gospel, it was not just sharing words. It wasn't just information. It could have been. Unlike me, Paul was a brilliant scholar. He was an amazing orator, a communicator. He was so well-schooled, he could have just come and blew them away with the intellect and information of the sermon. But Paul kept the presentation of the gospel simple and yet filled with the power of God. So when Paul preached the gospel, his message had great power because Paul was anointed and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I pray for. I believe often when I get up, I have to go back and just say, God, I know you called me to be a pastor. I need your anointing. My intelligence, my illustrations will not work. I need the power of the Holy Spirit as I speak. And God, help me. It's not about me. It's about your word and you. Now, Paul also knew the word is powerful. Do you know this is alive? It speaks right to your heart. It goes right to you. As I'm teaching, it's changing people. Paul knew that the Bible was alive and powerful. But Paul also knew one thing. Look back in that verse. It says, I spoke with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. What did that mean? You see, when you became a believer, the Holy Spirit came to live in us. And the reason you and I became believers is because the Holy Spirit spoke to us sometime. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to you in a service, a Billy Graham thing, a friend sharing with you, watching television, whatever, you are a sinner. In a loving way, the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit speaks to our spirit. And he convicts us. And you need to accept Jesus Christ. He's the only way for you to be forgiven and have hope and a brand new life. See, I can't convict you. That's not my role. It's not your role that when you're witnessing somebody, I'm going to convict you. That's ridiculous. It's the Holy Spirit's power to the unbelievers. Show them of their sins that they need to repent, believe, and receive Jesus. Now, let me say this as kindly as I can, but as powerfully as I can. During this service from now on, there are some of you here, and you've never turned your life over to Jesus Christ. You're filled with information, but it never transformed you. The Holy Spirit has begun already to speak to your heart. Don't go like, well, how do you know? Because I know the Holy Spirit loves you. And Jesus died for you. And you just need to listen. Because at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to just obey the Holy Spirit and get your life changed. Amen? And that's one of the reasons we're here. It's not just to know how to apply the Bible. It's to get saved. That's what happens. Now, watch what happens in this city. What happens to them? 
Remember, when Paul started the church, he was there, we don't know, maybe three months, and he preached, some of the Jews believed, and many of the Gentiles, worshipers of idols, many of them believed. But you have to be careful. When you are sharing the gospel, when I'm sharing the gospel, it's unrealistic to say, every single person I share with immediately going to kneel down and come to the Lord. That's unrealistic. It didn't happen to Jesus. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus? He said, what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus told him, and you know what the young man did? See ya, bye, walked away. Well, if Jesus didn't get everybody, I feel okay. But Jesus kept sharing the gospel. Here's what I want you to write. Look at. Understand this. This is a principle. When telling others about Christ, depend upon the power of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not how cool we are sharing the gospel. It's not my exact words have to be perfect. It's not a canned presentation. You don't want to open a can and go, there, how do you like it? No, nothing personal. Not at all. It's the power of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that convicts. Now, I want to see how good you do with this one. Let's see what your answer is. When Paul moved into the city of Thessalonica, remember, he was in Europe. He came to Europe from Turkey. When he moved into the city of Thessalonica, how many Christians were in that city? Zero. Zero Christians were in that city. Now, he would go there in the synagogue, which he always liked to do, where the Jews were there. And in the synagogue, there were Jews there, and they didn't believe in Jesus. And then, of course, the Gentiles there, the Romans, and they didn't even know Jesus. They worshiped idols. So what would Paul do? Think about this. I'm looking here, probably 85% of us are Christians. When Paul looked out, zero. So what did he know to do? Well, he wrote this verse because he knew People would be transformed by it. He'd seen it before in the other churches that he planted. He'd seen it everywhere. Look at this verse. Here's what Paul wrote. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it's the power of God for the salvation of how many? Everyone. Did Jesus die for everyone? Yes, he did. It's the power of salvation for everyone who what? Now, believe is an action word. You follow it up. You follow up to transformation, becoming like Jesus. Who believes first for the Jew and then for the Gentiles? Remember, when Paul, Saul, who became Paul, was saved on the road to Damascus, he was interacting with Jesus. And that transformed him. So he knew if he could be transformed, anybody hearing the gospel could be transformed. After hearing the gospel, what happened in that town? Many Gentiles became Christians. Some Jews became believers in Jesus. They believe they became followers of Jesus. And now there was a healthy church in Thessalonica. You see, the Holy Spirit transforms people's lives. Listen, when they hear the truth and believe the gospel. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark told you about the amazing explosion of information in the world. He also reminded you that without the proper application, that there will be no real transformation in your life. You were reminded not to copy the behavior of the world, 
chasing after head knowledge, but to work at letting God change your life from the inside out. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Transformed Christ Followers Impact Their World for Christ. You'll hear about the necessity of depending on the power of the Holy Spirit to work through you to do God's work. You'll be reminded of the simplicity of the gospel message and the importance of living a life of integrity in front of the world. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.